2: at LuckyLandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the
2: U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions. apply.
1: But Joe, um, I don't know if you're aware, but today is October 5th, 2021 and there was a significant event that happened about six months ago
2: six months exactly
1: to the day yes
2: yeah yeah 15 days before my son was born um
1: so I, he's I never lived say, in a world where baylor wasn't a national champion
2: right he's not ne- yeah i mean born a national champion Dex sentence said it perfectly it's just it it just it's just different. You're just built different when you're born a champion. Uh-huh. I have to say like April is probably like my April, 2021 is probably my favorite month of all time. My son was born. Baylor wins a national championship. It's just, you just can't beat it.
1: Absolutely. It was, uh, I'm still kind of riding the hive. Like when I see like basketball posts, I'm just like, you know, you can't take that away from uh Baylor fans that they have a national championship when a lot of teams don't. So they don't get that, um that satisfaction it's it's a giddy
2: feeling right like it, every time i'm every time i see it or i'm reminded or somebody tweets about it it's like
1: <laughs> yeah the the transversely though um I, I mentioned before like i grew up like a, a texas fan and so right. like i was i was a fan for like the the 05 championship i'm still in the midst of my fandom and it it could be the worst thing that ever happened to you.
2: That's true. From that point forward,
1: it's like if you don't get back there, it's like you're just not you're not living up to expectations.
2: I I don't I don't have my camera on right now. Um, but (laughs) I should probably turn it on so you can see. But I am actually wearing the uh the home field Baylor basketball shirt that they released after the championship game.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's a good day. I was. I'm glad I was reminded. I think it was. Um, I can't remember who it was. It may have been, uh, Fank, who I saw on Twitter who mentioned it. And yeah, he
2: posted the highlights today. And yeah, ah, they're just beautiful.
1: And then Baylor uh, basketball. They had this great uh, Twitter thread of like NBA bears with just like their pictures of all the all the players. And you're just like, it's just amazing what Scott Drew has done. Yeah, Since it really is. There.
2: Like, I mean, he think of it, like we've had a couple of NBA guys in the past, like Epe Udo, like yeah. he had some playing time. Um, I think Torian Prince, like ha- that was always surprising to me that he ended up being as good as he was in the NBA um, yeah. and still is. Um, and same thing with like Royce O'Neal. That one kind of came out of nowhere, but you just feel like this batch of guys, um, they're just a bit different. I, I- Davion Mitchell. um, in the three guard set that they're going to run in Sacramento. I'm really excited to watch. Um, I really don't like that. I I'm going to have to root for the jazz this year, but I absolutely am. I mean, they have Mace and they've got, uh, and they've got Butler along with Royce. That's already there. So yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Freddie G's, you know, uh, pretty well uh, positioned in the league already. And plus, <laughs> And then the craziest part, I think about that segueing into football is, you know, one of our starters from the national championship team is a current member of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's, uh, it's a yeah great and, day to be a Baylor Bear.
1: And um, Ish Ringrot, he's on that Raptor squad as well. So and he plays. Oh, that's right, I forgot football about that. also, <laughs> and went back to basketball.
2: Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm I'm I love seeing Ish succeed. He's such a good dude.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, I love him. So. Welcome into the Baird Inn. We are covering, right now we're covering actually Baylor football. Um, and we're going to jump in and talk about our most recent game. Uh, the Bears dropped a 24-14 to 14 loss to Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Um, what was your major takeaways from the game after giving it a few days to kind of uh, ruminate on it?
2: I kind of feel the same way I did on Saturday night. Um... I mean, we we laid an egg. Uh, the The team as a whole, from the coaching staff down to you know everybody, and most of the players. I think I think there were some guys that really stood out and um and played well. Uh, I think we just we got off to a, a nasty start and we just weren't we weren't able to overcome it. Um, I think uh, specifically our offensive coaching staff. I think they got outcoached a little bit. Um, yeah. But you know what? That it happens. Like guys have bad games. Um, you know, right now there's a playoff baseball going on. Uh, play, playoff baseball game going on, and it just makes me think. Like sometimes even the best pitchers in the league, you walk out there and you just don't have it that that day. And yeah, unfortunately, we were on the road against a top twenty team. And when you have one of those games where you don't have it in that environment against that kind of team, you're not going to walk out victorious. Um, I tweeted yesterday that. it it really reminded me of the 2019 rice game. Um, I actually went to that game here in Houston Mm -hmm. and the team just, it was just something in the air. Like it was really hot and muggy and it just didn't feel good. And even watching the team in warmups, like there's just, there was a weird vibe around that, that game. And we, we really played poorly, Um, but we were playing rice. So we were able to come out and win that game. Um, and that's really what it reminded me of. And everybody has those games throughout the year. Um, we're probably going to have one or two more, if we're being honest, just with the maturity yeah. and where this team is at. Um, and it's all about who you're playing and can you get lucky enough to win it. That all of that being said, um, I've said over and over that I, I I was still just extremely proud of the way the guys played. Um, Absolutely. Uh, just phys- they were they stayed physical. They kept going at it. Um, I never once thought I saw guys that were, that were out there, like thinking they had lost the game. Like there was still this vibe of like, we can, God, we can figure it out. Um, and there was like a little bit there where you were like, Oh my gosh, are they going to do this? And it just, it just wasn't quite enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so hoping to see some, some marked improvement this week, uh, definitely disappointing, but, um, I think there's a lot of stuff to build on.
1: Yeah. I I rewatched a little bit of it today and you know, we open up that first drive. We throw that deep ball to um, Drew Estrada, and you think, "All right, now you know we're going to cook on this first drive, and uh, and you know go score for score, just like we did with Iowa State, and then it fizzles out. Um, the offensive line had a rough game. A couple of players didn't really. They just had bad games, and we weren't getting that push that we were not getting for the running game. Um, some, like you said, I thought there were some questionable decisions. Uh, obviously, I think Abram Smith was the, was the hot running back, and mm-hmm. I p- probably should have got more carries. Ebner had finished with, like, zero yards, so he had a rough rough day. Um, he looked a little off just from the jump in the return game on the offensive side. Um, Treston just looked like he just went, didn't have his stuff um, on Saturday. And like you said, you're going to have those games. I mean, I I wasn't, like, super bummed about it because – like you said, we had a, we kind of like stayed in it you know, kept it close. Defense kept it close because the way we were playing, that could have got away from us real quick. If they would have gone yeah. score after score. And then that, you know, we could have gone and half it. It could have been 28 to nothing. So I think on that front, that's good. good, um, you just need to, um, you know, fix what can be fixed. Um, I even didn't, I don't even don't mind like the, the Matt Jones penalty stuff. Cause it's, it's like you're playing right up to that line to where you're being super aggressive and you want to play fast and things get said and then you react. And so it happens. So
2: that's an interesting that's an interesting point. Uh, I, I've seen Matt Jones get a lot of criticism, but I've I watched that play over multiple times and it, I thought in real time it was a late hit but no. i still wonder like if there was something that if it wasn't the hit if it was something else because the the ref threw the flag so late um i feel I like the
1: think it was so i was watching it i had um it was on like 4k you know, on youtube tv yeah and so the 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 hit was inbounds it was a clean hit it, they went out of bounds he was stood up over um Spencer Sanders. It looks like Spencer Sanders was saying something to him and there may have been a kick.
2: Gotcha. OK, that's what it was. It wasn't clear. I it still wasn't
1: was... clear because of the, the, how crowded the sideline is at Oklahoma State. You really can't see. Um, so I don't know if something was said and he said something back to him and, you know, he reacted. So he got the flag or if there's a little bit of a, a kick with his foot while he was down on the ground.
2: Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that, that's something that I had wondered if it was like an extracurricular thing, or if it was that it was they, they were calling. And it him wasn't league,
1: egregious. So. I mean, I thought the flag was a little bit, I mean, soft, just because it's not like he did something that was super egregious, like kicked him in his like knee or something like that, or anything. Right. It and Sanders like was
2: Sanders was talking some trash the whole game. I, whole I don't game. have an issue with that. Like, go for it. But yeah. he, Sanders was absolutely working in that game to to try to get into to guys' heads.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sanders probably shouldn't. I mean, he threw like three interceptions,
2: <laughs> but he won. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, you know, I, it,
1: they won despite I mean, they won despite of Spencer Sanders.
2: Yeah, they really did. He's, he's not good. Um, you know, but I, th- I just keep going back to We're four and one, man. Um, we're, we're poised to, to, to head to a bowl game. Um, yeah, and there were a lot of people that wrote this team off, and and had us as like an eighth or ninth best team in the conference this year. Sure. And I think no matter what happens moving forward, we, we've already proved that this is a markedly better team than we were last year. Um, and I think the the coaching staff is just going to continue to grow, and the players are going to continue to grow. And I'm excited to see what we do moving forward.
1: Yeah, we kind of we talked about this last week um, when we did our like game by game predictions. I think at this point we probably had them three and two whenever we were predicting games. Yeah. So I mean, to have to get that win, that win over obviously was huge because it kind of gives you a little bit of like, you know, we can have a off game like we did last week. Um, I think and then still moving forward, you're moving into like the rough part a pretty rough part of your schedule after this next game, which is is not an easy game, but um we're still sitting in a pretty good position, like you said, especially considering what the um outlook was from most people
2: yeah and and this is one thing i would say to fans like if you're still disappointed about saturday i there was a lot of doom and gloom on twitter on saturday night if we flipped the oklahoma state and uh iowa state games if we had if we had played this game against oklahoma uh, against oklahoma state in week four you know, coming off of the Kansas game. Yeah. I think people would have been disappointed and people would have been like, oh no, we're in trouble about it. You know, There was still been the same level of criticism mm-hmm. about the things that deserve to be criticized. But I don't think there would have been this, the whole like kind of sky is falling feeling out there if we had come out in week five and, and did what we did against Iowa State. Um, I always like to think of things in context because somebody even mentioned to me on Twitter, like the more games you win, that changes the fans' expectations. I just don't see it that way. I see it as, you look at your season as a whole and do you think that based off of what you expect out of your team, are they performing to that level below it or above it? And even, even with that poor performance, you know, you tell me historically how many times Baylor goes into Stillwater and plays the worst game that they've played all season long. And they only walk out losing by 10. Like that doesn't happen often. So
1: this is a team that like boat raced Baylor last year. Like granted Baylor was had was missing like a ton of people, but still. Uh, go back to
2: when we had a Heisman Trophy winner we on our team and ask yeah. how we did in Stillwater. Absolutely. So, so stay in there, Baylor fans. I think it'll get better for you.
1: For sure. All right, so you want to move on to our get our picks for this week. Um, I'm going to kick it off with we have a thir- another Thursday night, or early, another early game. University of Houston travels to New Orleans to take on Tulane. Houston is a six-point favorite. Um, that game is Thursday night. They have a the FBI has them as a sixty-nine percent favorite to win the game. What do you think is going on in this game?
2: Oh, I'm taking i I'm going to take U of H to cover in this one, and and just so you guys know out there, there's only three Big Twelve matchups this week, so we're going to make yeah. sure we're we're absolutely covering the new Big Twelve. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I I I look at this game like um, I didn't think too highly of Houston after they lost to Tech, and that was mainly because at that time I didn't think too highly of Tech. Um, but Texas Tech's done a little bit since uh since that game to 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 impress me here and there. I mean, throw out the Texas game. That was just a rough, rough weekend for them. But um Tulane's not awful. Um and I absolutely love some of their uniforms, but I i think U of H can win this game by a touchdown. So I'm gonna take U of H to cover. Like you said, fbi gives them a 69% chance to win. So I'm I generally listen to that. I think um I think U of H will at the very least win the game, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch to expect them to win by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and um, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going with UH. I think a couple years ago, I think twenty nineteen, this game was crazy. Um and so there has a the potential to be that way as well, especially with anytime Houston plays. There's a chance of where like something crazy is gonna go off the rails. But I think Houston is a good enough team to beat uh to cover the six points, you know, beat them by a by a touchdown. And it's in New Orleans, you know, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I'm really excited about this game on Thursday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's move into – let's just go ahead and get the big boy out of the way, shall we? The, the game that unfortunately kicks off at the same time as, as uh, our game this weekend, um, one of the oldest and most classic rivalries in the history of college football, the Red River Showdown or Shootout or whatever the S is that they're going to call it now. Um, Oklahoma versus Texas. We've got Oklahoma as a three and a half point favorite in the Cotton Bowl. FPI's given them a 57% chance to win this game. So both Vegas and and the computers kind of look at this as almost a toss up. What do you got?
1: Um, I am going to go with first of all, I want to say it's very brave of us to have an SEC game on our, um, our picks. <laughs> I'm going to steal a joke from uh, the 10 12 podcast and use it. Um, yeah, I think I have OU. You said it's like a three and a half point spread. Yes. Um, and it's like you said, it's basically a toss up. Um, I'm going to go with OU. I still, I still doubt Texas, um, and I just think OU is until they can kind of prove me wrong. I think they're they're still far and away a better a team than Texas at this point. And I think they'll cover that. I think they're at least, you know, a touchdown better than Texas. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with OU and to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread.
2: So, I would agree with you if Oklahoma was playing the same group of guys and they didn't have Texas across their chest. Like, if it was Baylor or even, like, a Notre Dame or somebody else. uh, When you throw Texas on those uniforms, in most cases – it doesn't matter how good doesn't matter how good Oklahoma is, and vice versa. It doesn't matter how good Texas is compared to Oklahoma. This game just always feels like it's a dogfight. Now, that being said, I know that there are times where Oklahoma has won big and Texas has won big in the past, um, but it's Texas's turn, and I'm taking Texas straight up in this game. Um, I think Texas wins. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. That you know, Texas, they've got the players. It's, it's just about how, how, how they put it together on the field. Um, that Arkansas loss kind of looks a little bit worse than it did a week ago after that Georgia game. But I think Georgia might be the best team in the country. Yeah. For um, sure. So take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, I think over the last 10 years or something, it was Texas, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma, 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 Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Um and who won the game. So I feel like it's just Texas's turn in the pattern. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. Oklahoma's a three and a half point favorite. It wouldn't surprise me if this game is Texas by one or two. Um, but I do take Texas just straight up to win the game. Um, and I think it'll be a fun one. Unfortunately, I won't be watching it cause I'll be watching our game, but yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Well, I think, um, Texas just in that TCU game, they got the ball a lot, several times in the red zone, and either they couldn't put it into for um, a touchdown, they set up for a field goal, like a one, and I think at one time they went for it. It was like fourth and goal from like the two, and they they couldn't get it through. So I'm a little bit suspect on, and I know TCU's defense is good, but um, OU's has a good defense um, statistically as, as well. So. I'm a little bit skeptical of Texas offense, especially the red zone efficiency offense. But um, it's good to have a little bit of debate on the, uh, the podcast so it's not just <laughs> us agreeing all the way through. So we'll see how that all turns out. Uh, next on our list is another uh, future Big 12 um, team, which is uh, BYU is going to welcome in Boise State. Uh, BYU is a five-point favorite, and that game is going to be 2.30 on ABC. Um, BYU has a 60 for, 65% chance to win this game, according to FPI. Um, BYU has looked really good. Um, I've, I've watched almost probably some of all of their games so far. I expected them to be a little bit more than a five-point favorite but I do understand that they are maybe down their starting quarterback and then their second string quarterback got hurt in their last game. So there's kind of a question about who's going to be starting on quarterback for BYU. I still think with all that being said that the uh, Cougars are going to be able to cover that five point spread and uh, take care of uh, Boise state. So on Saturday.
2: 100% agree. Provo is a tough place to play and, and they're going to be rocking. They're playing, you know, Boise. That's, that's one of the hot, maybe next up Big Twelve schools too. So this sure. you know, we could look back, and this is another interesting matchup. Um, I've watched Boise play a couple of times. They're they're okay, like they're pretty good. They're not Chris Peterson Boise of old, um, and uh, I'm very similar to you. I've I've watched I think at least a, a quarter or so of every BYU game this year. Um, they just happen to be on when I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can watch football and
1: my nightcap because it's usually been yeah. a late game and all the games are done. I'm like, well, I'm going to watch a little BYU and late at night. Last
2: weekend they played Utah State late at night and it was a it was a blackout game at Utah State and that was a really cool environment. I really enjoyed watching uh, watching the uh, the students and um, and the fans there at Utah State have that place packed. It reminded me of some of the uh the old Baylor blackout games and Floyd Casey oh. um where it was just like so hey we got nothing to lose we're just here to have a good time mm-hmm. um yeah i'm going to take BYU to cover in this one uh, again minus 5 in a football game just doesn't scare me that much it's it's a touchdown so if you know if, am i willing to bet that BYU can beat Boise State at home by a touchdown yeah i think they can do that so i'm taking BYU
1: yeah this game's going to look uh, beautiful uh at that in the mountains in Provo and Provo, at two thirty p.m. on ABC. I mean, this would be a great game to watch. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and it's cool that they got that, that they got that slot in that time. Yeah. All right, let's move. Uh, let's head on back to Texas um, and into some classic Big Twelve Southwest Conference, um, the battle for the saddle here. TCU heading into Lubbock, playing Texas Tech. We've got TCU as road favorites. At a point and a half, so kind of a toss up. Yeah, FPI agrees with that, only giving uh, and actually disagrees with it, gives the Texas Tech a 55% chance to win that game. So we've got Vegas saying we think TCU's a little bit less than a field goal better. Um, and then FPI saying, well, no, 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 no. But Texas Tech's actually a little bit better than a field goal better. Um, I think FPI is probably um, giving Tech an advantage because the game is in Lubbock. And in Vegas, that minus 1.5 is kind of a toss-up right there. Um, so tell me, Matt, what do you think is happening in this game?
1: Um, I'm, I'm not as high on uh, Texas Tech as some people are, even with the, the win over West Virginia. I think they are, their defense is a liability at this point, and they haven't shown that they can really do anything of, of note offensively to counteract that. And I think TCU's defense is just really good. And um, they showed that against Texas, which I think is a better offense than uh, Texas Tech has. And they were right there with them, um, keeping them in check for the most part, most of the way. Um, They have their own offensive struggles, of course. Now, I do think this game is close. um, But I think TCU is going to just get the edge on, for me, just because of the – on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they will – you know, they're they're probably – a two or three point win, I would say.
2: Okay. See, I look at Tech and I say, can you go just beat them offensively? Can you do what Texas did? Go drop 70 on them. Because yeah. they, have, they have weaknesses in their defense. And so if you have players that have the ability to attack them, um, I think you can easily score on Texas Tech. But you got to have the players that can do it, not just the scheme. Um, you know, I think Abram Smith, Gary Bohannon, uh, rj sneed the guys that we have if we are if we are playing right they have all the talent in the world to go out there and put up whatever they want on text defense yeah tcu doesn't i i think i think max duggan unfortunately I, I i see a lot of tcu folk kind of defending him and it it really reminds me of a lot of what we went through with charlie brewer for a couple of years um, just the fan base really wants to like him and they want him to be successful Um, because they respect him and they like the toughness that he has and what he's done for them. But I just don't see it out of him. Uh, I've watched them play a couple of games and I just, do I trust him to carry me through a game? And I think he just has, I think he has limitations in his game um, and his, in his abilities as a quarterback. And I don't think he's going to scare tech and I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to go out there and absolutely just thrash or beat tech. Um, And tech has impressed me every single week. I pick tech tech to lose. I feel like, um, and then they go out there and they prove me wrong. I'm, I'm done doing it. I'm going to buy a little bit of tech stock here. And I'm going to say Texas tech went this game at home, straight up. Um, it's in Lubbock, uh, and you know, TCU, you're supposed to beat Texas and you didn't beat Texas. I think they're going to be emotionally kind of low. They've lost back-to-back games. We're seeing Gary Patterson make excuses left and right. Um, so I think this TCU team just doesn't feel feel good. I, I, I've said it a couple of times on the pod already. I had them picked as my second best team in the big 12 this year, and I'm just selling my stock as much as I can in them. I just, I just don't believe in TCU anymore.
1: Um, so I did see that Gary has gotten some criticism about his use of uh, Zach Evans. Mm-hmm. So, I've, and he said he would never give a, a running back 35 carries like they did um Bijon Robinson. So I fully expect um, Zach Evans to get thirty carries and rush for like three hundred <laughs> Thirty-four. <yards>. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we another a disagreement. You know, good good for us. Um, next, so let's go back to the American Athletic Conference for uh, UCF going back east, where um, they welcome in East Carolina. They are a ten-point favorite. They shockingly. Like, I didn't even pay attention to this game, but I looked up the score today. They actually got beat by Navy, who's not a great team last week. And still, they are a 10 point favorite over ECU. Um, That is on, they've been relegated to ESPN Plus, a 5 p.m. game on ESPN Plus. Um, FBI still has them as an 81% chance to win this game. And I think all that's correct. Um, I think uh, ECU, while they've made strides, they're not. Nearly as good as UCF. I think UCF is easily a ten point ten points better than um, East Carolina, and I think they'll cover that and win this game.
2: Yeah, I mean ECU. Uh, they don't they don't move the needle for me. They they barely beat Charleston Southern yeah. um, in a battle for the Pirates right there because the East Carolina is the Pirates and Charleston Southern is the Buccaneers. Um, <laughs> Why doesn't that one get talked about more? Because that's really super cool. Um, they lost to Appalachian State, and they lost to South Carolina, which there's there's no shame in losing to an SEC school if you're East Carolina. Uh, but South Carolina, not very good. Um, now that being said, they, they've beaten Marshall, and they blew out Tulane. Um, so that's kind of cool. But, yeah, I'm going to take, take UCF to cover in this one. Um, Ten points over really a – middling to not good american conference team versus what should be an above average to really good american team um you know i don't think ucf is the team that they were a couple of years ago um and if i had to pick one of the teams that's coming into the big 12 that may struggle at the start it i would honestly kind of pick ucf i'm excited about them joining but uh, they caught some lightning in a bottle and they're going to have to kind of go through a rebuilding process. They remind me of where TCU was at before they jumped in. Right. They had a Rose Bowl win and they they were known as like, you know, the big, powerful group of five team. But then all those kids graduated. and They were kind of in that middling phase. They joined the Big 12 and it took them two or three years to really catch up. Um, that's what I see out of UCF. But Eastern Carolina is not going to give them any trouble this week. UCF will win it by 14 or more. Um, and like you said, FBI is giving them eighty-one percent and a and a ten-point game on eighty-one percent. I'll take that all day.
1: Yeah, I think UCF still uh, the uh, their quarterback Dylan Gabriel. He broke his collarbone against um, Louisville, Louisville um, a couple weeks ago. So he'll we're still on the the backup quarterback. But even that, I think, like you said, um, East Carolina's a lower half of um, of the American. So they should have no problem with them for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got one more game before we get to um, our crown jewel of the week. But yep. uh, we've got another new Big 12 member and probably the one of the ones that I'm more excited about just because of how excited they seem to be about joining the Big 12. We have Temple heading into Cincinnati, Cincinnati coming off a big emotional program defining win in South Bend at Notre Dame. Um, Temple's coming into town. Cincinnati is favored by 29 points in this game, and FPI is giving them a 97.7% chance. Cincinnati last week was featured on NBC. This week, they are getting the primetime 6 p.m. game on ESPN, so plenty of people are going to get to watch them. Um, Does Cincinnati cover, or do they lay an egg? Uh,
1: I would agree with FPI. I think this is most certainly going to be a Cincinnati win. 29 points is just such a large number, um, especially like you said, they're coming off of a, a big win over a big opponent on the road um, on national television. So this kind of does seem like it could be like a, a letdown spot, um, not enough for them to lose the game for sure, because I think they are uh, head and shoulders better than Temple is right now. And uh, it's just 29 points is just such a huge number for any team. Um, I think that there will be a little bit of a a lull and Cincinnati will eventually, you know, overcome that and win by probably a couple touchdowns, but I don't think they're going to win by close to 30 points. Um, and like you, I'm excited about Cincinnati. They, um, they become one of my uh, also, you know, favorite teams to watch that are not in the big 12, not named Baylor. Um, I watched all of that game last week. It was, I loved every minute of it. Um, so, yeah, I think they win, but I think Temple covers 29 points.
2: We are in agreement here. Uh, you know, Temple, they do have a penchant for giving up a ton of points. They, they let Rutgers score 61 on them. Um, they let Boston College drop 28. Um, but, you know, they held Akron to 24. Um, they played Wagner. Well, ooh, big, scary Wagner, I know. They held them to seven points. And then last week they played Memphis. It was a pretty solid team. Um, And they won that game 34 to 31. Um, I don't think there's any chance Temple wins this game, Uh, but yeah, I'm with you 29 points. That's a lot. That's, that's more than four touchdowns. Um, I could easily see this kind of being a game where Cincinnati is up by 21 in the fourth or something. And, you know, they're just kind of taking their, their, their foot off the gas, running the football a little bit more, just working the clock. Um, They're far and away the better football team. Um, and I think, I think Cincinnati is, they're very good defensively and they can lean on that. Uh, Luke, Luke Fickle's a great coach. Um, Cincinnati also has a great quarterback. Uh, but I think that's what they'll do. I think they're just going to be able to prevent Temple from scoring a bunch of points. They'll, they'll grab control of this game early. Um, they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage, run the football. And I think this will probably be a pretty fast game that won't last a very long time. Cincinnati will control it. And um, and they'll probably win by 21 to 24.
1: And finally, the game of the week, we have the West Virginia Mountaineers traveling to Waco to take on uh, our Baylor Bears. Baylor is a three point favorite. That game is going to be on FS1 at 11 a.m. A bright and early kickoff. Right. FBI has Baylor as a 62 percent favorite to win this game. And Baylor's coming off, a, like we talked about, that tough loss with um, Oklahoma State. West Virginia is coming off an equally tough loss of their home loss to Texas Tech last week. How do you see this thing um, shaking out, Joe?
2: Well, first off, uh, I, I do have to announce that I will be in person um, at right. this game. This was the game that I, that I picked Pretty early on in the year, just based off of some people that I knew that were going, that I, I would I would do everything I could to make it to this West Virginia game, and so I've had plans on on heading into Waco for the weekend for a long time. But even bigger news, um, sometimes in life you th- you think I'm going to try something, and the worst that can happen is the person can tell me no. Yeah, that there's there's no downside to trying this. So so for those of you out there that are listening, I decided that I would apply for. A media credential For the West Virginia game I was already going to be there I already had a ticket Um, already had plans to go to a tailgate Everything So I wasn't trying to get anything for free I just thought Hey, maybe I can make it up into the press box That'd be pretty you, cool you cover
1: Baylor here? Yeah
2: And and so that's what I did I went on There's a, there's an online form on BaylorBears.com It just it asked me for my information Who I was with It put the Bearden pod It asked me who my editor was I, I gave them Matt's name and email um, and in a couple hours, I, I got an email from Baylor saying, here you go. Here's the information. There will be a media pass waiting for you at will call. Um, and these are kind of your instructions. So I will be representing the bear pod in the press box. I do promise everyone that I won't act a fool. I will dress appropriately and accordingly. I won't have a bunch of Baylor gear on up there and I will absolutely behave myself because the last thing I need is to not be able to request one of these again in the future. Um, but I think it'll be a really cool experience. Uh, That being said onto the game itself, as you said, Baylor is a three point favorite. We are at home. So that kind of means in my mind, Vegas is looking at this as a toss up FPI gives Baylor a little bit more than that at that 62%. Um, I think Baylor covers Uh, Dave Aranda um, and his post-game comments. And some of the other comments that I've seen since the game from him, they were really, really reassuring. Um, He's mature enough to understand kind of what went wrong. He talked about the competitive maturity of this team. And I think there was a little bit of, we, come, we came off a big win. We had that emotional high. And you kind of get a little bit of swagger, right? And you puff your chest out a little bit. Yeah. And when that happens and you get punched in the mouth the next week, it, it's hard to get up from that punch in the mouth and take haymakers and swing back. Um, And I think that's what we ran into. I think maybe we, maybe we rested on our laurels a little bit. Maybe we got a little bit too big for our britches. We drank our own Kool-Aid and we weren't just quite ready mentally to come out. Um, And then beyond that, Aranda has talked about some of the things that they saw on tape and some of the decisions that they made as coaches and where they need to be to improve as coaches. I look at Aranda almost like a computer. He's He's a football computer and what he does when he's going in there and he's watching that film, I can just see it in his brain as saying, this is an error. Okay. Error here, error here, error here. What are the fixes for those? And he seems like the kind of coach to me that if you beat him in a way one time, you're not going to be able to beat him away in that way again. And I just, I have a, I have a really good feeling going into this game that the team is pissed off. The coaching staff is pissed off and, West Virginia is probably not in a good mood either after, after losing to tech last weekend, but I wouldn't want to come into Waco and play this team this weekend. I don't care who you are. I, I have, I have a feeling in my gut that they are going to come out firing on all cylinders. I think they're going to run the football. Um, I think they're going to feed Abram Smith. Everybody's talked about why didn't we feed Abram Smith more? I think this is going to be a situation where he's the power back. And I think they're going to want to establish toughness early And uh, I, again, I just, I wouldn't want to be a Mountaineer on Saturday in Waco. I think, I think it's going to be um, a tough game. West Virginia is a good team. Um, I don't think they're bad by any means, but I think Baylor absolutely pulls more than a three point win here. Uh, I could see this being something around the lines of, you know, uh, 31, 21, um, you know, 34, 17, somewhere around that range. But I think, I think Baylor wins and kind of, Gets the nation to start saying, "Okay, well, maybe they're not bad."
1: All right. First of all, I have to say, like we we expect a, a detailed report uh, about the press box and um, <laughs> about David Smoke and Jerry Hill and what what what's going on up there. <laughs> um, when you get, next week, but on the game side, yeah, I kind of have that same gut feeling. I can I can see him because I I listened to his uh, Monday press conference when he talked about what they need to do. He made emphasis on, you know, starting fast, you know, taking shots down the field and things of that nature, playing their game. So yeah, I mean, Abram Smith, he's yeah, I would say he's top five in Big Twelve in rushing yards. He,
2: he is, yes, I think and, he's number four right now.
1: Yeah, and I think I saw like, um, um, not to plug a TCU podcast, but uh, Parker over at uh, Stats of War. On Twitter, he had him as the number one in like advanced stats, running rushing back. I think had had, uh, for his his metrics that he uses. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, I think everyone can feed Abram Smith. Ebner is absolutely the you know lightning in a bottle, and he can just do what he does, and he does it very well. But I think Ebner is just perfectly fit for this wide zone, one cut downhill. Just like you saw in Oklahoma State game, he made that one cut downhill and it's 55 yards later, it's a touchdown. Mm. I think he has that ability to wherever that hole opens up, he's going to plant his foot and just go full steam ahead the other direction and he can break those plays wide open. And I think you got to feed him as much as you can. Um, so I agree with you. I think we're going to take some shots early, especially on first down. Instead of being uh, – we have been predictable about running on first down. You may see a lot more um, deep shots on first down. And then, um, let Ebner do it. um Ebner and um, Smith do what they do. And I think, yeah, I have a good feeling about this game as well. especially I, I heard that I think Colt Barber had tweeted or something that there's like nine hundred earlier in the week. Like Monday, there were like nine hundred tickets available still. I mean, yet, there are only nine hundred left, I guess. So I think by now that's probably that number's dwindled, so it'll should be a a pretty packed house for a pretty excited bunch of uh, fans. and, Um, I look forward to this. I think it'll be an exciting environment, which you will get to report on for live from what you experienced there in uh, McLean Stadium.
2: Absolutely. I'm going to live tweet, man. It's going to be fun.
1: Yes. So we look forward to that report. Um, I would say that if you want to follow Joe, where can uh, where can they follow you with your live tweeting? You
2: can follow me at at the Joe Goodman or the underscore Joe underscore Goodman on Twitter. Um that's generally where you can find my musings. What about you, Matt? What is the best way to find you?
1: You can find me um on Twitter at Matt D Workman. You can follow the uh, find the podcast um at the Pod. And if you people out there listening, if you enjoy the content, please follow us on we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts as well. Um, give us a follow if you like what we do here. We also um, will gladly accept five-star reviews on any of those platforms. Um, <laughs> and so, and if you do give us a five-star review, we will read it. I'll guarantee you that. Uh, but with all that being said, I think that does it for this week, Joe. Did you have anything else to add?
2: I'll give you I'll give you one final question. Is there is there okay. any game this week outside of our Big 12 brethren that you're most looking forward to seeing?
1: Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I mean, I will say this: I am enjoying watching the train wreck that is LSU right now. Because um, <laughs> don't tell Eda. <Etta. laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm wearing an LSU hat right now. I'm I'm a big LSU fan by marriage. Um, I've gotten into especially living in, in close proximity. But I think that it's just the. It, I think he is Gene Cheswick, Coach O'Dron. And so he, in my opinion, he doesn't make good hires. He lucked into Joe Brady. He lucked into this generational quarterback that transferred from Ohio State, this four-star. So I think that it's – and he's he's proven the last two years that he's just not up for the task to, like, build his own program. And the fans – I listen to a lot of the sports radio, and the fans are – they're they're not too thrilled – to say the least.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's his last year.
1: But, I mean, just I'm looking at it right now. So, yeah, uh, Ole Miss-Arkansas seems like that would be a good uh, good watch for sure.
2: That That's going to be mine. Like, there's there's Georgia-Auburn and there's Iowa-Penn State. Those are going to be your big-ticket non-Red River game this weekend. Yeah. But Arkansas-Ole Miss, it's just who is re- who's the real fraud? Like, this is the fraud bowl right now. Because both of those teams, they were riding high – Everybody's like, "Oh man, Arkansas is back!" Or look, look what Lane Kiffin has done at Ole Miss. Um, so whoever loses this game is going to get absolutely roasted, and I'm excited to watch that happen.
1: Yeah, both coming off of pretty bad losses. Um, like you said, I think I think Georgia probably is. If I was making the top twenty-five, they'd be number one over Alabama for me. Um, and then Lane Kiffin was just made a fool of. On <laughs> um, in front of everybody, so there's a chance that Ole Miss could try to score like 80 points. If they can, I mean, their defense has been Arkansas's defense has been good, so that'll be a good matchup of uh, two different styles of, of play for sure.
2: Absolutely, and it's and it, and unfortunately for for Baylor fans, this is the 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 oh crap bowl as well because what we've got is former offensive coordinator versus former other offensive coach uh, that I won't name either of, but a certain era of, of Baylor football, these are the assistants that were able to escape and latch on elsewhere.
1: Um, Not only that, but, they're, they're brother-in-laws.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're brothers-in-law. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a ba- old Baylor offense versus old Baylor offense um, <laughs> without saying anything else about, about them, but um, but yeah, that's going to be my most interesting game of the week. So, um, it'll be and interesting. There's a
1: subset of a Baylor fandom that'll be like whoo, hot and bothered at this game.
2: Yeah, it, the, yeah, there is a subset of Baylor football that are going to be like, this is
0: what we're going to add still.
2: <laughs> um, but all that being said, I'm excited about this Saturday, uh, strap in Baylor fans. I think, I think we might get a taste of, of what we had the first four weeks of the season.
1: All right. Well, until next time, Joe, um, have a great weekend and stick and bear.
2: Absolutely. Talk to you soon, man.